Modern World History, Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 15, Section 4, Aggressors Invade Nations, Setting the Stage. By the mid-1930s, Germany and Italy seemed bent on military conquest. The major democracies, Britain, France, and the United States, were distracted by economic problems at home and longed to remain at peace. With the world moving towards war, many nations pinned their hopes for peace on the League of Nations. As fascism spread in Europe, however, a powerful nation in Asia moved towards a similar system. Following a period of reform and progress in the 1920s, Japan fell under military rule. Japan Seeks an Empire During the 1920s, the Japanese government became more democratic. In 1922, Japan signed an international treaty agreeing to respect China's borders. In 1928, it signed the Kellogg-Briand Pact renouncing war. Japan's parliamentary system had several weaknesses, however. Its constitution put strict limits on the powers of the prime minister and the cabinet. Most importantly, civilian leaders had little control over the armed forces. Military leaders reported only to the emperor. Militarists take control of Japan. As long as Japan remained prosperous, the civilian government kept power. But when the Great Depression struck in 1929, Many Japanese blamed the government. Military leaders gained support and soon won control of the country. Unlike the fascists in Europe, the militarists did not try to establish a new system of government. They wanted to restore traditional control of the government to the military. Instead of a forceful leader like Mussolini or Hitler, the militarists made the emperor the symbol of state power. Keeping Emperor Hirohito as the head of state won popular support for the army leaders who ruled in his name. Like Hitler and Mussolini, Japan's militarists were extreme nationalists. They wanted to solve the country's economic problems through foreign expansion. They planned a Pacific empire that included a conquered China. The empire would provide Japan with raw materials and markets for its goods. It would also give Japan room for its rising population. Japan invades Manchuria. Japanese businesses had invested heavily in China's northeast province, Manchuria. It was an area rich in iron and coal. In 1931, the Japanese army seized Manchuria, despite objections from the Japanese parliament. The army then set up a puppet government. Japanese engineers and technicians began arriving in large numbers to build mines and factories. The Japanese attack on Manchuria was the first direct challenge to the League of Nations. In the early 1930s, the League's members included all major democracies except the United States. The League also included the three countries that posed the greatest threat to peace, Germany, Japan, and Italy. When Japan seized Manchuria, many League members vigorously protested. Japan ignored the protests and withdrew from the League in 1933. Japan invades China. Four years later, a border incident touched off a full-scale war between Japan and China. Japanese forces swept into northern China. Despite having a million soldiers, China's army led by Zheng Zhezi was no match for the better equipped and trained Japanese. Beijing and other northern cities as well as the capital Nanjing fell to the Japanese in 1937. Japanese troops killed tens of thousands of captured soldiers and civilians in Nanjing. 
Forced to retreat westward, Zheng Zhezi set up a new capital at Chongqing. At the same time, Chinese guerrillas, led by China's communist leader Mao Zedong, continued to fight the Japanese in the conquered area. European Aggressors on the March The League's failure to stop the Japanese encouraged European fascists to plan aggression of their own. The Italian leader Mussolini dreamed of building a colonial empire in Africa like those of Britain and France. Mussolini attacks Ethiopia. Ethiopia was one of Africa's three independent nations. The Ethiopians had successfully resisted an Italian attempt at conquest during the 1890s. To avenge that defeat, Mussolini ordered a massive invasion of Ethiopia in October 1935. The spears and swords of the Ethiopians were no match for Italian airplanes, tanks, guns, and poison gas. The Ethiopian emperor, Hali Selassie, urg urgently appealed to the League for help. Although the League condemned the attack, its members did nothing. Britain continued to let Italian troops and supplies pass through the British-controlled Suez Canal on their way to Ethiopia. By giving in to Mussolini in Africa, Britain and France hoped to keep peace in Europe. Hitler defies the Versailles Treaty. Hitler had long pledged to undo the Versailles Treaty. Among its provisions, the treaty limited the size of Germany's army. In March 1935, the Fuhrer announced that Germany would not obey these restrictions. The League issued only a mild condemnation. The League's failure to stop Germany from rearming convinced Hitler to take even greater risks. The treaty had forbidden German troops to enter a 30-mile-wide zone on either side of the Rhine River. Known as the Rhineland, this zone formed a buffer between Germany and France. It was also an important industrial area. On March 7, 1936, German troops moved into the Rhineland. Stunned, the French were unwilling to risk war. The British urged appeasement, giving in to an aggressor to keep peace. Hitler later admitted that he would have backed down if the French and British had challenged him. The German reoccupation of the Rhineland marked a turning point in the march towards war. First, it strengthened Hitler's power and prestige within Germany. Second, the balance of power changed in Germany's favor. France and Belgium were now open to an attack or to attack from German troops. Finally, the weak response by France and Britain encouraged Hitler to speed up his expansion. Hitler's growing strength convinced Mussolini that he should seek an alliance with Germany. In October 1936, the two dictators reached an agreement that became known as the Rome-Berlin Axis. A month later, Germany also made an agreement with Japan. Germany, Italy, and Japan came to be called the Axis Powers. Civil War Erupts in Spain Hitler and Mussolini again tested the will of the democracies of Europe in the Spanish Civil War. Spain had been a monarchy until 1931 when a republic was declared. The government, run by liberals and socialists, held office amid many crises. In July 1936, army leaders favoring a fascist style of government joined General Francisco Franco in a revolt. Thus began a civil war that dragged on for three years. Hitler and Mussolini sent troops, tanks, and airplanes to help Franco's forces, which were called the nationalists. The armed forces of the Republicans, as supporters of Spain's elected government were known, received little help from abroad. The Western democracies remained neutral. Only the Soviet Union sent equipment and advisors. 
an international brigade, brigade of volunteers fought on the Republican side. Early in 1939, Republican resistance collapsed. Franco became Spain's fascist dictator. Democratic nations try to preserve peace. Instead of taking a stand against fascist aggression in the 1930s, Britain and France repeatedly made concessions, hoping to keep peace. Both nations were dealing with serious economic problems as a result of the Great Depression. In addition, the horrors of World War I had created a deep desire to avoid war. United States follows an isolationist policy. Many Americans supported isolationism, the belief that political ties to other countries should be avoided. Isolationists urged that entry into World War I had been a costly error. Beginning in 1935, Congress passed three neutrality acts. These laws banned loans and the sale of arms to nations at war. The German Reich expands. On November 5, 1937, Hitler announced to his advisors his plan to absorb Austria and Czechoslovakia into the Third Reich, or German Empire. The Treaty of Versailles prohibited Anschluss, or a union between Austria and Germany. However, many Austrians supported unity with Germany. In March 1938, Hitler sent his army into Austria and annexed it. France and Britain ignored their pledge to protect Austrian independence. Hitler next turned to Czechoslovakia. About 3 million German-speaking people lived in the western border region of Czechoslovakia called the Sudetenland. This heavily fortified area formed the Czechs' main defense against Germany. The Anschluss raised pro-Nazi feelings among Sudeten Germans. In September 1938, Hitler demanded that the Sudetenland be given to Germany. The Czechs refused and asked France for help. Britain and France again choose appeasement. France and Britain were prepared for war when Mussolini proposed a meeting of Germany, France, Britain, and Italy in Munich, Germany. The Munich conference was held on September 29, 1938. The Czechs were not invited. British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain believed that he could preserve peace by giving in to Hitler's demands. Britain and France agreed that Hitler could take the Sudetenland. In exchange, Hitler pledged to respect Czechoslovakia's new borders. When Chamberlain returned to London, he told cheering crowds, quote, I believe it is peace in our time, end quote. Winston Churchill, then a member of the British Parliament, strongly disagreed. He opposed the appeasement policy and gloomily warned of its consequences. Quote, we are in the presence of a disaster of the first magnitude. We have sustained a defeat without a war. And do not suppose that this is the end. This is only the first sip of the first foretaste of a bitter cup, which will be preferred to us year by year, unless, by a supreme recovery of moral health and martial vigor, we arise again and take our stand for freedom as in olden time. End quote. Less than six months after the Munich meeting, Hitler took Czechoslovakia. Soon after, Mussolini seized Albania. Then Hitler demanded that Poland return the former port, German port of Danzig. The Poles refused and turned to Britain and France for aid. But appeasement had convinced Hitler that neither nation would risk war. Nazis and Soviets signed non-aggression pact. Britain and France asked the Soviet Union to join them in stopping Hitler's aggression. As Stalin talked with Britain and France, he also bargained with Hitler. The two dictators reached an agreement. Once bitter enemies, 
fascist Germany and communist Russia now publicly pledge to never attack one another. On August 23, 1939, their leaders signed a non-aggression pact. As the Axis powers moved unchecked at the end of the decade, war appeared inevitable.